All right, bros. <clears throat> I'll be teaching on Exodus 22, 1 to 15. Um, but I just wanted to go through a couple of introductions before. And um, I just was, as I was uh, working on this study, I was, I was just thinking about God and just meditating on him and just the reason why he, he has to put all these, all these rules and laws and commandments before us. And as I was thinking, I wrote this down. I said, um, God wanted his people to see his heart in the principles of the law. He wanted them to recognize right and wrong and work through problems in a redemptive way. See, if um, there's no gray areas with God, you know, we, we you know, the, the world has a lot of gray areas now. You know, we look at murder now, you know, you know, you take somebody's life, you're a murderer. But now, you know, they've made rules and, you know, in abortion that you can kill a child and it's not murder. Well, to us, it's murder and it will always be murder. There's no gray area there. You take somebody's life, you try to you try to play God and things happen. But why do we do these things to make provisions for our flesh? Because we're out there being promiscuous. We're out there, you know, doing things that, that you know, committing fornication and things like that. And, and uh, bringing these things upon us. So then we got to make ways of getting rid of the problem. And then we end up compromising everything that we're all about. To me, murder is murder. You know, you kill a child, that's murder. And that's the way I feel. And that's the way the, the world is. But we, we understand it all differently. God's love is the reason for the commandments. And I agree with Pete and, and Pastor, uh, Pastor Henry that that is the reason we have the commandments because God loves us and he wants to redeem us he wants us all in heaven and and second peter talks about uh God wished no man to go to hell but all men come to repentance and that's what that's what this is all about this is about God getting us to heaven and and us you know hopefully listening hopefully having our ear open to the word of God it's also a way for God to bring order to society. Because without order, we're savages, guys. You gotta come, you know, come to the table, man. Because if, if somebody's telling us it's not right or wrong, we'll, we'll start to try to figure out right and wrong on our own. You put, two, put about four children in a room, put one toy in there, you'll, you'll find the dominant child in there. And, and, and we didn't teach them that. It's, we come, we're, we're sinners, guys. And we need to be put in check. We know that without God setting boundaries or rules, we'd have wiped out each other a long time ago, bro. You know, we, we would have all just been, you know, crispy critters a long time ago. So I, as I was reading it and looking at it, the root of the problem is our heart, guys. We got evil hearts. You know, we have all a heart problem. In Jeremiah 17, 9 to 10, it says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart and I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doing. The fruit of his doing our choices, guys. It always comes down to our choices in this life. Do we make good choices? Do we make bad choices? You know, God, God puts all these things in order, hopefully, for us to make the right choice. But you know what? He knows we're not. We're not always going to make the right choice. 
And he started that redemptive, you know, to redeem us from the garden when he killed that animal and clothed Adam and Eve. He knew that we were going to have to be redeemed. And then, what did he do? That wasn't enough. He had to come down off his throne and come in the form of a man and shed his own blood for us. We have such an awesome God, an awesome, loving God, guys. Every time I think about that, guys, I, I, I just want to tear up because it's just unbelievable that the king of the universe would come down and die for our, our us. Us. What a privilege and honor, man. We are honored to be his children, guys. We are honored to, for what he did for us. And we need to give him our best because he's given us his best. In Proverbs 4.23, it says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Have, your, have control of this, because that controls this. And, and we, we make a lot of mistakes with the two. And that's our problem. We just have such a hard time staying close to that plumb line, Jesus Christ. So he has to put these things in order. He has to put us in order and keep us in check. And Proverbs 3, 1 to 6, it says, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God. And man, you want to have favor from both? Walk in God's ways. God has shown us the, the blueprint of how to have favor in this world. You know, I, you know, I, I kind of disagree with Pete when he talks about people, when they say they, they can't wait for Jesus to come. Because my Bible tells me this world has nothing for me. There is nothing here that is worth anything. And I, you know, to tell the honest to God truth, I can't wait to walk those streets of gold. You know, I can't walk to walk, go through that gate, one pearl, one big pearl. It's a gate. And see the foundation of the new Jerusalem. I can't wait. I'm sorry. I don't want to disappoint you, Pete. But I'm sorry because this place has nothing for me. And the more I watch the news, the more I, I see that, that, that sin is just so abounding now. People are just, just glorifying sin. God tells me in, 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 in Isaiah, when he says, look out for the days when they call good evil and evil good. Man, we are in the midst of that right now. We are in the midst of it, guys. Don't you see it? We, I know you see it. I, I mean, I'm preaching to the choir. I know that. But the world doesn't see that. I mean, it's right in their face. It's slapping them upside the head. And, it, and they cannot see it. Well, you know what? We see it, guys. We see it and it's getting eviler and eviler. You know, I mean, you know, I know Trump isn't perfect. I know he's the, you know, the best guy in the world. But you know what? He loves his country and he loves us. He loves God. I mean... I know maybe he's not a born-again Christian. I don't know yet, but I know he's working his way towards that. I, I know they have Bible studies in the White House. I know they're doing things that are more on our side than they are on that side. And you know what? The Word of God does not return void, guys. You know, if he's hearing it, 
It's, it's, it's hitting them and it's cutting them deep like a two-edged sword, guys. It's cutting them deep. But you know, <laughs> what always brings us down, our pride. He's a prideful man. And when people attack him, he attacks back. And you know what? <laughs> Sometimes I can't blame him. You know what? You know, I'm sorry. I can't blame him. There, there are some dirty people out there and they're on his side, supposedly. That's the bad part. But you know what? We got to keep praying. We got to keep chucking. You know, because you know what? We're the ones who's keeping everything in check right now. Because when the Lord removes this church in the, in the rapture, that's when they're going to really see evil. And they're going to wonder what happened. You know, because we're, we're the ones who restrain these people. And um, in Psalms 119, 97 to 104, verses 97 to 104, it says this. I didn't, you know what, I saw this right at the end and I didn't, it was kind of, I slipped it in at the end there as I was going over my my study. It says, Oh, how I love your law. It It is my meditation all the day. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies. See, we're smarter than those people out there, guys. Because we have godly wisdom. Godly wisdom trumps everything. You know, I work at Caltech. There's some of the brightest minds. You know, Nobel Prize winners walking all around. But you know what? When I sit down and talk to these kids, I'm in the gym working out. And they ask questions. And, you know, as smart as they are, they want to hear the wisdom of God. People are hungry for the wisdom of God because they can't believe it's coming out of my mouth and I can't believe it's coming out of my mouth. But the Holy Spirit is always working. He's working all the time. The Holy Spirit is the one who builds the church. Not not the cunningness of man. Not this emerging stuff. The church is, is, is old school, baby. The Holy Spirit has been doing it from the beginning. He ain't stopped, man. And he's got us working everywhere. We just got to be that mouthpiece. We just got to be willing. And the, God, and the Lord will use us, guys. It blows me away. He says, they are, For they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers. For your testimonies are my meditation. Do you guys meditate on this word? We have to. We have to. Because this is... This is our bread and butter, baby. This is our life. God saved my life through this word. And I'm so, uh, I'm so honored to be a child of God. I understand more than, than the, the, the ancients because I keep your precepts. I have restrained my feet from every evil way. Now, do I always? No. That's why I have my Redeemer. That's why I have Jesus. Now, do I, do I fall down all the time? No. Because it's something I should be doing less and less. Because I should have that self-control. Part of the fruits of the Spirit is that self-control. That's one I struggle with so much. And God knows it. And so he helps me so much on it. He says, I have not departed from your judgments. For, your, for you yourself have taught me. God teaches us every day. Every time we open the word, it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. 
It's the Holy Spirit that's teaching. And he constantly does it. You know, I always blow the guy's minds in, in the county jail because, you know, I tell him, hey, you know what, I just have a B.A., a born-again degree. That's all I have. That's all any of us need. You know, I, I, I say, look at the disciples. They're fishermen. You know, the, they blew away the, the Pharisees and, and Sadducees because of what they knew. Because of the wisdom they have. Godly wisdom trumps everything else, guys. And it's just, it's a mind blower. Because it, sometimes stuff comes out of my mouth, man, and I'm going, whoa, did I just say that? But it's truth. And truth is heavy. He says, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. You know, because of the light, guys, we see the false way. I didn't see it when I was in the world. But you see it now. You see. That's why we're so accountable, guys. We are so accountable to this word. Because we know the truth. And if you say no to the truth here, this truth, you're denying the Holy Spirit, guys. Don't deny the Holy Spirit. Because he's the one that keeps us going. He's the one who lives in us. He is our strength. He is my strength. Amen? In Romans 13, 1 to 4, it says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. So everything out there, the, every, every, every policeman, every judge, every president, every, everybody from the top down is appointed by God. And um, sometimes he appoints people for, for, for his wrath. I mean, some of the times he pointed, you know, you know, some of the leaders in the old days to 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 uh, chastise the Jews, to bring them, bring order, to make them see that they needed him. How much did Obama show us that we needed him? We needed God. Because every way was a false way with that man. He didn't he didn't worry about Christians, but he, he, he was there on the side of the Muslims. And that was very clear. Now, he called himself a Christian. But see, God says you know them by their fruit. There was no fruit. There was no good fruit with that man. There was no good fruit. I, I tried to see some. But you know what? I don't, I, don't, I don't really blame him because he really believed what he was doing was right. Because he was under the deception of the, of the enemy. Because if you're not born again, you do not have the spirit of God. You're on the other side. I'm sorry. You're either for him or against him. There is no middle ground. There is no purgatory. There's no leaning on the fence and teetering. You know, there's no being a Christian on Sunday and being a hellion the rest of the week. Every day is a Sabbath day for us, guys. Every day. And that's the way we got to look at God. God is holy. He is righteous. And you know what? We have to look to him because he's the reason we exist. He says, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves for rulers are not a terror to good works. 
but to, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of authority? Do what is good. Is that that hard? It is, oh, sometimes. And, and you will have praise from the same, from God and men. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. Please be afraid. And be worried. Because that's what strains us, guys. Because we know God hates evil. There's nothing evil about God. He's a just God. For he does not, he does not bear the sword in vain. For he's God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Do good, guys. You know, it's it's sometimes when you look at when you're when you're even when now when I when I throw a piece of paper down, I have to stop and pick it up because it's it's not good. That's that's not what God has called me to do. He's called me to be an example of light, and people are always watching, guys. Believe me, they're they're always even if you think you did something that nobody saw. Believe me, somebody's gonna get up in your face, hey, man. Did I saw what? You saw that? What, what you, you stalking me or what? You know, you gotta try to try to play it off. No, okay, bro, I got it. I got you. We gotta watch ourselves, guys. So these are the reasons God sets up these guidelines. Let's get into the text, guys. Oops. We got these glasses on, everything looks so close. 22, Exodus 22, 1 to 15. If a man steals an ox or a sheep and slaughters it or, or sells it, he shall restore five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. Steal, kill, and sell to profit from his crime. See, this, that's why it seems like it's so severe. If you steal one, you've got to give back four and five. But, you know, the reason is that he did it with a, with a, with a, a, a very uh, evil heart. Let's put it that way. He's trying to profit off his neighbor's goods. And that's why it's so severe. That's why he's saying, you know, the, the punishment was so severe to deter anyone from doing it again because the cost and consequences was, was much higher than the offense. Example, <laughs> someone steals your Harley. Somebody goes in, you know, and, and steals your Harley out of your garage. And they are caught, and they, they, they are caught, and they sold it. Well, his penalty is restoring four or five-fold, right? So he got to buy you four more Harleys. So you cruise, and you're kind of hoping somebody will steal your stuff and, and sell it, huh? <laughs> you're kind of hoping that happens. Hey, God, yeah, dude. <laughs> I busted you. Yeah, homeboy right here told me that you sold him my Harley. Four. Four. It's kind of messed up, but you know what? It's severe. See, when you break the law, it should be severe. It should be a deterrent. It isn't a deterrent anymore. Guys break the law now. Hey, hey I'm going to Club Med. We go. We, we're in the county jail every, every weekend, aren't we, guys? You know, Pete, Chris. We're in there. Man, they're waiting for their lunch, chilling, waking up. Oh, got the NFL up there on the TV. You know, it's a club med on there, man. It's no deterrent. 
if they were actually in there and had to pay back what they did, and then, and then have somebody have to come in and bring them their food and stuff, you think they'd be want to be in there? Like the other prisons around the world? You know, you better have somebody on the outside taking care of you. You know, they get mad if they don't, their mom and dad don't put money on their books. You ain't got, what, what, what do you mean? I need money. Okay, okay, mijo. <laughs> Not that just Mexicans are in there, guys. Okay. <laughs> Forget it. So that's, that's the, that's the, one, and says two, if a thief is found breaking in and he is struck that he dies, there shall be no guilt for his bloodshed. And this is pretty much self-explanatory, right? You're in your bed. You hear the door or hear the window. You get up and you see somebody. Wham! Take him out. That's what you really want to do. You want to take him out. You got that big. Boom! Because they're taking in, they're coming in, they're, th- they're threatening your family. They're threatening your life. That's what you think. Now, you know, sometimes, you know, people get shot and you kind of feel bad because, you know, maybe it wasn't, you know, he wasn't that bad of a criminal or something, but we don't know. But you start an old man in his house, he can take you out. Period. That's what the law says. Now, if a guy does it, it's still basically the law, right? For nowadays, you know, somebody comes in your house startles you, you kill them, done deal. You know, more, more than nine out of ten times you won't be prosecuted. But in three it says, but if the sun has risen on him, there shall be guilt for his bloodshed. I kept reading this and reading, I go, man, what, the, what are they talking about? So I'm looking at commentaries and it's nothing ever just really told me real clear. And then, you know, the Holy Spirit is the best teacher. Because all of a sudden, snap! This is what this means. It says, if the, if the accountability or fault of the householder's actions against an intruder depended on whether he breaks in at night or day. If he breaks in your house at daytime and steals something, you see him, you know who he is, you have People where most of these guys had hands or slaves on their on their ranch that they can detain the guy. Because God does it. God wants to preserve life. That's 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 his number one objective is to preserve life. That's why he died for us on the cross. So we can live, guys. And as always, his number one objective is to preserve life. And that's what he's doing here. He said, catch the guy. Just catch him. And see what his, what his deal is. Because you can see him now. You're not really that threatened. So you can see what's going on. And then he says, uh, he, if you kill him then, because now it's a premeditated thing. It's an evil thing. It's an evil thing. You did it with malice. You say, sucker, you took my stuff, man. You, I'm going to take you out anyways. No, no, that's not what God wants. God wants to, because these are... People that need to be living together. He wants. He doesn't want people to die if they don't have to die. I can understand at night. You know, you're scared, you're startled, boom. It happens, it's like a crime of passion. You just, boom. But during the day, you see this man. You probably know who he is. 
And, and he doesn't honor that killing. That's, he says, you are guilty for that bloodshed. You're a murderer, basically. Somebody's trying to steal your stuff, but you, you're, you're going to be the murderer. You're, it's going to be on you. And he says, he should make full restitution. If he has, if he has nothing, then he shall be sold for the, for, the th- for the theft. So whatever value he was trying to steal, if he's caught, he's going to have to give it back. But there's still consequences for what he was trying to do. He's going to be sold for the for the value of whatever he was trying to steal. You know, and then, you know, I mean, whatever that is, that's 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 how God God wanted to handle. So, you know, not to do it again. See, it's a deterrent. All these are deterrents. So you don't keep being a four and five time repeater criminal. You know, like we see in the county jail all the time. We'll, we'll see a guy and then a year later, hey, bro, I'm back. <laughs> You're going, wow, dude, what's up? Yeah, I thought you were on fire. Well, you know, what do we tell you? Find a good church. You know, get into your word. Because this is the only thing that's going to keep you out of there. You know, it might go good for a little while. But then, you know, it's desperate times comes and, and then you're starting to revert back to your old ways. You've got to continue to stay in the Word. See, God is patient, and that's what he tells us to be patient. What's he tell us in James? You know, take joy in when you go through um, trials because what it does is produces patience because God doesn't always give us the answer right away. But if you hang in there, if, he, if they just continue to go to church, continue to depend on God, God's going to come through. But it's a test. Like, I, you know, I don't want to go through too much story, but I just bought, we just purchased a condo. I had purchased a condo before. And I end up losing it. I end up going through a short sale and, and bankruptcy, everything. But see, God gave me another chance. But it was, I mean, it, it was so simple when I purchased the first one. But you know what? He made me go through it the second time. But he still delivered it. He still said, you know what? I'm going to give it to you. But you're going to work on this one. You know, and he, you go through ups and downs. And you know, you're willing to this and, you know, checking this and checking that. But, but you work on it. You know, just to deter me from not doing it again. And making sure that what he gave me this time, I take care of it. And I'm a good steward of it. Because I was a bad steward. I'm guilty. You know, because that's all he takes is guilty, please. You know, <laughs> I'm guilty. But he still delivered it. And I'm, I'm just blown away because everything was against me. My credit rating, everything. And he, and he delivered it. I was like, wow. You are so good, God. He is so good. He loves us, guys. He loves us even when we're knuckleheads. And I was a knucklehead. I still am, though. But not of what he gives me, hopefully. Um, so, in four it says, if the thief is certainly found alive in his, if the, if the theft is certainly found alive in his hand, whether it is an ox or donkey or sheep, he shall restore only double. See, the difference between one and four is that he didn't sell it, he didn't cut it up. He didn't try to get rid of it. He got caught with it in his hand. So now all he has to do give back is double. So yeah, I caught you with my Harley. You got to give me another Harley. So I got two Harleys now. 
but it's okay. I'm better than four. The four is too much. It's a little greedy. <laughs> so two hardies are good. Yeah, you know, one in the winter time, one in the summer. Yeah, you know, it's all good. So the the, the 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 consequences aren't so bad, but there's still consequences. You know, the the owner got back what he stole, and then he had to give him double of that. So it's still he still had to pay. See, everybody has to pay. You do something wrong, you have to pay. David blew it. He had to pay. But God forgave him. God forgives all of us. But not, we don't get away with anything. There's always consequences to the crime. Whatever the crime is, there's certain consequences. God forgave David, but, you know, it, it ruined his family. His sin. You know, and, and he still called him a man after his own heart. That's how loving and caring our God is. He just wants to restore. He wants to restore us. So verse 4, if he, had, if, if he had not converted it or consumed it or killed it, then instead of a fourfold or a fivefold restitution of, it, uh, of, of what he took, only double was, was suffice. Just giving back what was taken was not good enough, though. That, you know, the punishment still had to be, he still had to be punished and he had to restore double of what he took. So it's not as bad, but you still, it still costs you. Sin always costs us, bro. Sometimes it costs us a little and sometimes it costs us a lot. But it always costs us and God will restore us. A little dry, guys, hold on. So five, if a man causes a field or a vineyard to be grazed and lets loose his animal and it feeds in another man's field, he shall make restitution from the best of his own field and the best of his own vineyard. <laughs> that seems a little, little rough, but you know what? This is also, you know, this whole, this whole first 15 verses are about responsibility of property, of things you owe. Things you, and, and, and respons- being ro- responsible for your neighbor's property. And responsible for your animals. Responsible for everything you have. It's responsibility. There's a lot, of, a lot of kids out there don't know that responsibility. And it's probably our fault. But, but you know, being responsible is, is, is a big thing. And, and it keeps order. If everybody takes care of their stuff, then it's all good. Take care of your, you know, your neighbor's happy with you. Everybody's happy. But you start letting everything stray and you start to mess up your neighbor's property because you don't want to hurt up, mess up your property, then there's going to be problems. Voluntary or knowledge such as followed on turning a beast into a neighbor's ground was more, more than compensated. The full amount of his neighbor's loss should be replaced out of the best of his own. See, even if his neighbor, uh, mule or something, grazed on some of his bad land, because you allowed it, because you saw your donkey or your goat or whatever going over there, your sheep, and it was eaten off his, the worst of his land, you still got to replace from the best of yours or his vineyard. You still got to give him the, your best back to replace it. That's costing them. He goes, oh, why would I have to? Can I just go on the worst of my land and then give them back with, with my? No, 
God says, no. No, you saw it. You knew it. You messed up. Now, now, now it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. But see, for somebody to even do that, where's his heart at? He's not caring about his neighbor. What are the two commandments God tells Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul. What's the other one? Love your neighbor as yourself. The golden rule, guys. Do unto others as you want others to do unto you. Period. If we, if we lived like that, really, truly lived like that as a, as a nation, man, we did, people would be walking around smiling. People's all, people are so pissed off nowadays. I mean, I didn't mean to say that. Angry. <laughs> Angry nowadays. I got to watch myself. <laughs> I'm sorry, bros. But, you know, it's just so much anger and so much hate out there now. Every time you turn the TV on, every time you turn around, man, people are... I mean, we had a big thing at work last week. Now we can't even talk politics. Because the people on the other side got so angry that, that you know, they, they, they don't talk to you no more. Stuff. Bro, we're still friends. I mean, it's just politics. See, they, if you don't believe or think, it's gotten to a level, guys, where if you don't think the way they think, man, you're all of a sudden an enemy. I've known you for 20 years, dude. And all of a sudden, I'm your enemy? Are you kidding? Over this? That's, that's how passionate they are about wrong. And, and even when you show them, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. What are you arguing about? None of us got control of any of this stuff. We cast our vote, and that's it. That's about as far as our control goes. You know? But now it's just, it's just crazy out there. Neighbors aren't neighbors no more, guys. You know? Watch your back. Especially Christians, watch your back. Because people don't like us, man. You know? Even people that you've known forever, they don't like you no more. You know, they might smile at your face. It's like that movie, Backstab- that song, Backstabbers. Smiling faces, you know. Uh-uh. <laughs> Woo, baby. It's like that out there now. It's, it's crazy. We're in war, guys, and, and you know, it's, it's a spiritual warfare more than anything. But the, the enemy's gotten hold of a lot of our friends and our neighbors, guys. Be careful. And you know what? God, you know, the Holy Spirit protects us. I mean, we're always protected. We're always, we're always taken care of. God, God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. His promises are good. And we can stand on them continuously. Stand on the promise of God. Six. If fire breaks out and catches in thorns so that the stacked grain and standing grain or the field is consumed, he who kindled the fire shall surely make restitution. It was common in those days. You know, I, I, I oh man, in thorns. What, what is he talking about? So you got to really dig. You got to dig these scriptures, man. I thought, hey, I'll pick this one. It looks pretty easy. You know, it wasn't. It worked me, man. <laughs> man, I said, if it breaks out in thorns and it catches grain, oh, okay, this is what it means. In the East, as elsewhere, Italy, England, you know, wherever it is customary to, at certain seasons to burn weeds and other refuge on the farm, which is collected for the purpose into heaps 
and then set fire. Such fires may spread. They sometimes they get out of hand. They get they they just spread. And it's, especially in the dry east, if care is not taken, if you're not being cautious about where you're setting your fire and put boundaries and maybe metal around it or something so that it doesn't jump into somebody else's property. It, it says it, it says if care is not taken and cause extensive damage to the crops or even the corn heaps or of a neighbor, the loss in such cases was to fall on the man who lit the fire. Simple as that. That's a knucklehead. You know, the person who lit the fire, whether intentional or not, has to make restitution. Man, you could burn out a guy's whole field. All the grain he, he stacked for the winter and stuff like that. You have to make restitution. That, that's, why, that's why it makes you so careful of what you do. You, don't, you can't just go out there and do stuff. I mean, I've worked with guys that they just so reckless, abandoned. And, man, I ain't working with you. No, I'm going to get hurt working with you. You've got to be careful what you do. You know, especially, I mean, I'm a roofer, man. Sometimes you're out there and these guys are just, whack, dude. Come on, man. It's a long fall. It's going to be you if you don't stop. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just, you got to watch what you're doing. you got to be a responsible neighbor. You know, you, you let your tree grow over to your neighbor's side and you're dumping stuff all over it. Trim it. Trim it back. Sorry, neighbor, you know. Take care of your property, you know. In the old days, even here, I, when I when I grew up, they had like like uh, kennels things, and people used to burn trash here. But they had you know enclosures to do it. Like a, it was like a brick chimney thing back out in the backyard, and they used to uh, they used to burn their trash here. You know, we had tin cans and stuff. We had real bottles, real glass. You know, we had real food. <laughs> Everything was organic when I grew up. Now it's going to cost you. <laughs> I remember those things. Man. These things bring back so many memories. Man, back in the day. Okay, seven and eight. If a man delivers to his neighbor money or articles to keep, and it is stolen out of the man's house, if the thief, if the thief is found, he shall pay double. That, that was the, if you caught a thief with the goods, he paid back double. You didn't beat him up. You didn't arrest him. You just he just had to give back double. And then that that was that was the the, the, the um, that was the uh, the cost of the crime was it cost him. If the thief is not found, then the master of the house shall be brought to the judges to see whether he has put his hand into his neighbor's goods. If the thief is found, he shall pay double. If the thief is not found, then the master of the house shall be brought to the judges to see whether he has put his hand into his neighbor's good. If somebody has entrusted you to hold something for them, you are responsible for that. Simple as that. For it is a faith, for it is a faithful steward or manager. This includes what God gives us to manage or steward for him, as I talked about myself just a little while ago. God gives us stuff. We need to be faithful stewards of what he gives us. And we need to watch out for it. Because you know what? He might require it of us one day. And we need to have it. Like the, like the Daenerys. You know? 
What are you going to do with yours? Are you going to spread the word? Or you can just hold it and, 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 and not do anything with it. God requires us, requires something from us. He's done, he's done his part. You know, the, the, the debt has been paid, the deposit has been made. It's about us being good stewards of the withdrawal. Of what we, we take from God and, and everything's God's. So it's not like he's given, you know, like, 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 like it's really ours. We just need to take care of it. We need to take care of what God has given and what our neighbors trust us with. You know, if my neighbor says, hey, can you hold this or, you know, watch this? We're going out of town. You know, I'm responsible for that. I can say, hey, somebody broke in and, and took it. And then he wants to take you to court. And then, you know, you're at the mercy of the court. They're, they're determining whether you took it or not. Don't do that. Make sure you take care of business when somebody trusts you with something. Verse 9. For any kind of trespass, whether it concerns an ox, a donkey, a sheep, or clothing, or for any kind of lost thing which another claims to be his, the cause of both parties shall come before the judges, and whomever the judges condemn shall pay double to his neighbor. You know, this was explained, I just, you know, basically explained, that didn't make any difference what the article was stolen, whatever it was stolen. Whatever was taken that you were entrusted for, you have to give back to. So once again, consequences, you've got to keep an eye on it. Or don't take it. Don't say, okay, I ain't taking nothing. You know, no, you go ask Joe over there because I don't want to be responsible for it. But if you take it, you're responsible for it. And make sure you keep it like you keep your own stuff. And that's basically what he's telling us. And 10, if a man delivers to his neighbor a donkey... A donkey, <laughs> a lot of donkeys here. If a man delivers to his neighbor a donkey or ox or sheep or any animal to keep and it dies, is hurt or driven away and no one's seeing it. In 11 it says, Then an oath of the Lord shall be between them both that he has not put his hand into his neighbor's good and the owner of it shall accept that and he shall not make it good. So if anybody, if you leave an animal with your neighbor and harm comes to it and no one sees it, you make an oath of the Lord between the two parties and the accused doesn't have to make good what, what was taken. In fact, and then it says in, um, in 13, I mean in 12, it says, but if in fact it is stolen from him, he shall make restitution to the owner of it. Now, if, if some, something comes up later and somebody says, no, I saw it, I saw, I saw, I saw who stole it, I saw who, who took it, then, the, then, then um, the accused doesn't have to make it. Okay, but if facts come to surface that the animal was indeed stolen, the guilty person must pay compensation to the owner because anything you take of somebody else's, you still are responsible for it. You know, it's still going to cost you. So you, you do take care of it like it's your own. And it makes you responsible. This is just, you know, rules to be responsible to your neighbor. If you don't want to be responsible for it, don't take it. Say, I'm, I'm sorry, Joe, I ain't taking it you, someplace else. And it says, 13. If it is torn to pieces by a beast, then he shall bring it. 
bring it as evidence and he, sh- he shall not make good what was torn. If there's proof, if he has proof in his hand that, that proof that it, that it was not his, his hand that did it, no restitution was needed because this was an a, a incident beyond his control and not from negligence. You know, if an animal gets on your property and, you know, sorry, Joe, he ate your animal, not mine, but here's the pieces. You're good, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's what it says. It says, okay, well, if you could, you could prove that, you know, it was out of your control. It just so happened he ate yours, not mine. I'm good, right? Yeah, bro. I don't think they're like, yeah, bro, but it's like, you sure? He has to accept that. So a man's word has actually meant something in those days. You know, handshakes actually meant, I mean, when I grew up, handshakes meant something. You know, you know I grew up in the, in the 60s. You know, I was born in the 50s. I was, grew up in the 60s and 70s. You know, 70s, they started kind of losing control. But 60s was still kind of tight. People still believed and had values. In verses 14 and 15, let's wrap this up. And if a man borrows anything from his neighbor and it becomes injured or dies, the owner of it, not being with it, he shall surely make it good. If its owner was with it, he shall not make it good. It was hired. It came for its hire. This is it in a nutshell. Because, I, man, I went over this a million times. If, if a man borrows anything from his neighbor and it becomes injured or dies, the owner of it, not being with it, is, is, shall surely make it good. I, why would the owner have to make it good? I'm thinking, why would the owner have to make it good? He, the homeboy borrowed it. He's the one who should make it good. And then as, as you read it and, and you I kind of take out, you know, like the NIV, the new, the different translations, then it clears it up a little bit. Sometimes it's, the, the, the New King James, sometimes it's kind of hard to read sometimes with me. And, and what, it, what it means is, here, was, here this was speaking of negligence on the part of the borrower. The first verse, the first, uh, uh, verse is talking about the negligence of the borrower. It sounds like the owner's negligence, but it's the borrower's negligence. So he's got to make it good. And then verse 15, if the owner, then the owner is responsible. If, if, he was, if the owner was present means that the man, you know, was, got the animal for hire. So he gave the owner money for the animal. He gave the owner ma- money for the animal. And if the, if the, and if the, if the animal dies or something, then the owner got, got the worth of the animal through the hire, through the money that the, borrower paid him that, that's what i got out of it if somebody else gets something else out of it let me know right but that's what i got out of it because it just it didn't make sense that the owner in 14 that the owner would have to make it good if if the borrower borrowed it you know it just didn't i was like well man who's on third and second and I just couldn't, you know, and then, then as I read other translations, that's what, that's what it came out to be, that the, that the, the borrower would be responsible in, in, in uh, 14, and if the, if the owner charged the man for the animal, then, and, and something happens to the animal, then he's got his money for it. So the, it was made good. Okay?
Are we, are we amen on that one, guys? Yeah. All right. Woo, thank you. You guys are all looking at me like, what's wrong with this dude? <laughs> to wrap everything up, it says, I, God values the life of the offender and the offended. We see his grace and love perfectly illustrated in his laws, guys. It was designed to heal the ones stolen from while teaching and redeeming the one who stole. God is constantly trying to redeem us. And, and you know, he doesn't want us hurting each other. But we, we, we kind of forget that. and We want to hurt each other all the time. With, whether it's words or actions. We're always kind of in each other's face. Let's try to have more brotherly love. Even with the unbelievers, guys. Because we are lights to them. And, and uh, you know, you want them to want what you have. So the only way we can do that, I mean, I know there's times where you just, you get fed up with them in their mouth and them trashing Christians. And But you know what? We have to be lights. Sometimes we've got to turn the other cheek as long as they don't lay their hand on you. Once that happens, it's every man for himself. <laughs> you got to handle your business. But other than that, you know, Let's try to use diplomacy, as Obama would say. (laughs) Let's use diplomacy. Let's pray, guys. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for your love, mercy, and grace. Thank you for my brothers here, Lord. Lord, bless the women's study downstairs, and I just pray for everybody here right now, Lord. I just lift them up to you. I pray for traveling mercies going home. I pray for my baby girl in the hospital right now, Lord, that you would just... Lord, give the doctor's wisdom, and Lord, that she's feeling better, Lord. And Lord, I lift up Luis, Lord, and I just pray that, that his healing comes fast, Lord, and he's back at work real soon, Lord. And I pray for anybody else hurting or sick. And Lord, I just lift them up to you, Lord. I pray for the persecuted church all over the world, Lord, and all, my bro- all our brothers and sisters that are being brutalized all over the world, Lord. Maybe, you know, we don't see it, it doesn't hurt us, but Lord, we know that Christians are being wiped out all over the world, Lord, the persecuted church, the church of Smyrna, Lord. And we lift up all our brothers and sisters out there, Lord, and we pray for them, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that uh, even even in their death, these people that hate us, Lord, that they see the face of Jesus, Lord. So, Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love, mercy, and grace. Thank you for my boys, Lord. And go before us, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.